For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This month's sponsor of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this month's sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Key Mergers and Acquisitions Cases Under the FCPA Today, I want to consider some of the key FCPA enforcement actions involving mergers and acquisitions. I think this is important because it's something that will come up with your senior leadership team, your executive leadership team, or those business unit folks who may not understand how FUBARs in the M&A space have led to some significant FCPA enforcement actions. These cases and the 2012 guidance have made clear that the Justice Department and SEC will vigorously prosecute companies which allow bribery and corruption to continue after a merger or purchase occurs. The key point to remember is that if a company was engaging in bribery and corruption before it was acquired and continues to do so after the transaction is completed, it is now you that are engaging in bribery and corruption and not them. So what are some of the key cases? Well, it started with Syncor International Corporation in 2002. The allegations were that Cardinal Health acquired Syncor, a a radio pharmaceutical company based in California. Between 1997 and 2002, Syncor's Taiwanese subsidiary made improper commission payments totaling $344,000 to physicians who were employed by state-owned hospitals to influence the doctor's decision to buy Syncor products. Another $600,000 in corrupt payments was made through subsidiaries in Mexico, Belgium, Luxembourg, and France. All payments were authorized by and with the knowledge of and the indeed approval of Syncor's founder and chairman. The penalties included a $2 million fine, uh, an additional $500,000 civil penalty, civil penalty, and three years to supervised probation. So what are the key lessons learned from the Syncor case? This was the first time the Department of Justice charged a foreign company under the 1998 amendments to the FCPA for acts taking place in the United States. So here we had Syncor's Taiwanese subsidiary engaging in acts approved by Syncor's founder and chairman. Parent liability established through a foreign subsidiary's books and records and employees of a state-owned entity, are in, uh, which are instrumentalities of a government. It also showed that government investigations can slow the closing of a corporate merger and acquisition transactions as the acquisition by Cardinal Health was delayed until the investigation was concluded and agreements struck with the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission. The acquirer bought Syncor for a lower price than was originally negotiated due to the FCPA violations. The second case was Titan Corporation from 2005. The allegations involved the uh, 
or rather the case involved the acquisition of Titan Corporation by Lockheed, Martin Marietta. Perhaps most importantly, the acquisition ultimately failed, and that's the uh, key lesson. Nevertheless, Titan uh, employed a consultant and paid $3.5 million to a known business associate of the president of Benin. Of the $3.5 million paid to the advisor, approximately excuse me, $2 million were indirect contributions to the president's re-election campaign. At the direction of a Titan senior official, at least two payments of $500,000 each were wired from Titan's bank account in the United States to the agent's account in Monaco. The remaining payments were made to the agent in cash, the old-fashioned way. Payments were characterized on Titan's books and records as social program payments that were required by its contract with the government. The company also falsified documents to enable agents and uh, to underreport local commission payments in Nepal, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka. Titan falsely reported to the U.S. government commission payments on its equipment exported to Sri Lanka, France, and Japan. In the penalty phase, Titan agreed to substantive violations of the FCPA's books and records provisions, as well as a tax violation, was sentenced to three years supervised pro- probation, ordered to pay a $13 million fine. The SEC's alleged violations included books and records as well. Titan agreed to pay the SEC an additional $15.5 million in disgorgement and prejudgment interest. Titan was required... Uh, to retain an independent monitor consultant to review the compliance procedures and to adopt its recommendations. Finally, the SEC issued a 21A report criticizing Titan's proxy statement for incorporating what it deemed false FCPA reps and warranties. And indeed, most importantly, the acquisition by Lockheed Martin ultimately failed. So what are some of the key lessons learned from the Titan case? Some of the basic tenets of a compliance program were laid out in this enforcement action. It included that a company must conduct meaningful due diligence with respect to foreign agents and consultants and must ensure that the services alleged to have been provided, excuse me, performed were actually provided. Internal controls must be designed to protect red, detect red flags, such as offshore payments and inconsistent invoices. From the mergers and acquisitions perspective, reps and warranties in a merger agreement must be accurate or qualified when included in a proxy statement. There can be an additional uh, risk of prosecution under other laws such as ITAR, possible suspension of export privileges, and possible tax exposure, and of course, debarment. Ultimately, and most importantly from the business perspective, the merger failed when Titan was unable to meet its contractual obligations to settle with the U.S. government in a certain time. And finally, the Latin node case. Of all the cases uh, in the m context, this is probably the most significant one, although the monetary amount now fails, uh, excuse me, pales compared to the fines and penalties, and indeed uh, the largest FCPA fine in the history of the world ever came out last week, as I'm recording this, the Tilia Company case. Nevertheless, the significance of Latin node cannot be uh, understated. In 2007, E. Landia, acquired Latin Node, which provided wholesale to communication services to several developing companies by leasing lines from local phone companies. The purchase price was $20 million. In August 2007, during post-acquisition financial integration review, Elandia discovered evidence that Latin Node had paid approximately $2.25 million in bribes to 
Honduran and Yemeni government officials between 2004 and 2007. Subsequently, Elandia voluntarily reported these payments to the Department of Justice, eventually paying a $2 million fine and placing Latinota into bankruptcy and thereby losing its entire investment. Latinode, uh, as in the penalty phase, Latinode pled guilty to a one count of criminal information as part of its plea agreement with the government. Under the agreement, Latinode agreed to pay a $2 million criminal fine, a special $400 assessment, note that amount, and agreed to continue its cooperation with the government. Four Latinode executives were charged with criminal conduct for their actions, and they all ended up pleading guilty. But the key lessons learned were really uh, the most significant uh, because Latinode was the first FCPA enforcement case based entirely on pre-acquisition conduct, which was not known to the buyer when the transaction closed. The buyer's entire $22 million investment in Latinode was wiped out due to the inflated price of corruption and the investigation cost. All of this demonstrates the need for rigorous pre-acquisition due diligence in addition to post-acquisition integration. You simply can't clean up a corrupt company in post-acquisition integration. It also exposed the Latin note individuals to the possibility of real time, real jail time for their actions. There have been several M&A cases since the Latin note case, but they, the model was set for the, uh, these three cases set the model for the Department of Justice's prosecution going forward. Every compliance practitioner should be aware of these cases and communicate to management that one of the most well-settled areas of FCPA enforcement is around mergers and acquisitions. Simply put, if you do not engage in appropriate level of pre-acquisition due diligence and there continues to be ongoing bribery and corruption after you acquire an entity, your company will bear the brunt of any prosecution. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, FCPA enforcement in the M&A space is one of the most well-settled areas of law. Two, failure to perform pre-acquisition due diligence can significantly devalue a purchased asset. And three, always remember that if bribery continues after an acquisition, it is no longer them who are engaging in bribery and corruption, but it is now you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you again for joining me for this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program around business ventures. And I hope you will join me for our next episode tomorrow. Also, I'd like to shout out to our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, for sponsoring this month's podcast series. This podcast series on 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.